everyone, and welcome to another episode of Free the Bishops. I'm Carmelite Quotes, your host, and with me today is our co-host, Rosary Mom. How are you doing today, Mom? I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking, Carmelite. You know, today we're going to delve into a sobering topic, as they all are. Today we're going to be talking about the impact of fear on the Catholic Church in Nicaragua. Because the crackdown by President Daniel Ortega has sent shockwaves through the clergy and faithful. And it's creating a climate of silence and intimidation. So, Rosary Mom, why don't we start by discussing the key points from uh, this article that was published by the Associated Press on February 11? Absolutely, Carmel. I, I mean, the situation in Nicaragua is deeply, deeply troubling. We see priests being expelled, harassed, churches being desecrated. So fear has become so per pervasive that it's silencing criticism, not only of the government, but even from the pulpit. That's right. You know, let's get into this discussion of what's going on. And for our listeners who tune in for every episode, this summary can help you to focus on the key points of the situation in Nicaragua as you share this news with your friends or with your local church, your parish priest, or your followers in social media. So there are four key points. First, President Daniel Ortega's crackdown on the Catholic Church in Nicaragua is, in, is intensifying. It's leading to the recent expulsion of two bishops, the priests, the seminarians, a total group of 19. It's leading to harassment increases, and it's leading to increased continuing church desecrations. The second point to know, the fear of reprisals has created a climate of silence. Clergy are not reporting vandalism. They're not reporting break-ins. And this is hindering the criticism of human rights abuses and the government even from the pulpit. And that's why Bishop Alvarez, for example, was sent to jail, is because he was unafraid to criticize the government and their human rights abuses even from the pulpit. Now, exiled priests and lay people are expressing con concerns now about the surveillance and the censorship and this impact that exists both on the clergy and the general population. So the surveillance is a serious problem. And, you know, the government is justifying its actions as it always has. It's still accusing the clergy of supporting civil unrest and of plotting the coup against them in 2018. It's like a broken record that won't stop. So that's the summary of what's up. Carmel, that's a really helpful summary of the issue. So why don't we talk about the first point, the intensifying crackdown by the Ortega regime. What trends have you noticed since we've last talked, Carmelites? Well, I think what I've noticed is the change in online activity by my Nicaraguan followers, especially those who are Catholic. And this seems to be a regular occurrence. 
people are dropping out of social media. And with the Nicaraguans who follow me, this occurs mostly on X, formerly known as Twitter. The accounts that I saw for years on X, on Twitter, in my number one Nika list, have virtually ceased to publish tweets or replies. They virtually dropped out altogether. So that's what I've noticed. What have you noticed about the increasing repression, Mom? Similarly, Carmelite, I've noticed on Twitter, on X, should I see that... Um, some Nicaraguans have not published tweets or perhaps deactivated their accounts. But I also noticed that there's less and less prayer spaces on X, which the Nicaraguans publicly participated in frequently on X. And I've seen that become less and less too. The, the tweets, the posts are becoming depleted, you don't see as many coming from the Nicaraguans and indeed the clergy. I think that's right. You know, those who are speaking out are in the United States or Spain or Costa Rica, like our friend Roger Martinez. Um, so the Nicaraguans in Nicaragua are keeping their silence. They're not speaking up. And, you know, we read in this article from the Associated Press about fear, fear of reprisals, which creates a climate of silence among the clergy. And you've commented on this climate of silence even in your evening rosary space on X. And for our listeners who aren't aware and happen to be on X, you can follow Rosary Mom on X. And every evening she leads the rosary for the freedom of the church in Nicaragua. It's at 10 o'clock UK time, where obviously she is, but it's at 5 o'clock Eastern time in the USA, 2 p.m. Pacific time. And you can join in praying the rosary for the church in Nicaragua. So you've mentioned this silence, uh, these reprisals in your rosary space. What has struck you the most about this aspect of the repression, Mom? Well, Carmelie, I'm, I'm concerned about it because the Nicaraguans found comfort in reaching out to the international community for prayer, um, to share information, asking for prayer and for help. But it seems that the silence is, is having an impact on what they're posting because of the fear and it's not because the repression's getting better that we're hearing less and less. It's because it's getting worse that we're hearing less and less. What stands out for you, Carmelite? I think what gets my attention is the fact that Bishop Baez has not been presiding at Mass and preaching at St. Agatha Church in Miami since he saw the Pope on January 20. And that's not a secret. It's a plain fact. In fact, the Nicaraguan independent media outlet, La Prensa, published an article explaining that Bishop Baez will be absent for the near future 
stating that it's due to pastoral commitments. And Bishop Baez retweeted the tweet from La Prensa concerning this uh, uh, article that they wrote. You know, but uh, there are some who wonder if the Pope told Bishop Baez to stay away from St. Agatha, if the Pope imposed some kind of silence on the bishop. You know, that book, Bergoglio's List, that we've talked about in the past, the author Nello Scavo talks about the Pope uh, preferring a kind of, he uses the term conspiracy of silence, when Pope Francis, as Father Bergoglio, the Jesuit superior in Argentina, was helping people to survive the dirty war in Nicaragua, in Argentina, or Nicaragua, good grief, in Argentina in the 1970s. And so I find myself wondering, and I know that a religion writer in Spain seems to indicate the same, that the Pope could be resorting to this method, this conspiracy of silence, because the bishops, the priests, the seminarians who have been welcomed by the Vatican as they've been banished from Nicaragua, they're not seen in public. They're not heard from. There are no articles about them. It's like they're kept under wraps. Have you noticed that, Mom? Yeah, I have, Carmelite. It's um we've seen photos initially and from then we haven't seen or heard anything. So that's bound to provoke thoughts on the silence um, on the bishops and on the clergy. And I wonder if that's contributing to the concerns about surveillance in the local churches and rectories because um, there is a lot of censorship as well of religious expression by priests and lay people, which has an overall impact on clergy and the general population. Um, what concerns you the most, Carmelite? What do you think? Well, I think the surveillance is really worrisome, obviously, uh, because once again, I think about China's control over the Catholic Church. And we've discussed this on previous episodes. I wonder, is this how China began its crackdown on the Catholic Church decades ago? Was surveillance part of their tactics? Is that still practiced? Did China tell Ortega, this is what you need to do? You need to engage in enhanced surveillance? Because there's so much about the repression of Catholics in China that we don't know because it isn't covered much in the secular or even the Catholic press. So I have lots of questions and sadly not enough time to study the situation in China. But you know, the Nicaraguan regime and especially the spokeswoman, Rosario Murillo, vice president, uh, co-president, she was called at the end of the year, she's still accusing the Nicaraguan clergy of supporting civil unrest and plotting a coup against the regime. Have you been paying attention to her recent hate speech, hate speech mom? I have, Carmelite. I noticed yesterday that she mentioned the beginning of Lent, 
And it seemed as though she wanted to control what the people believe about Ash Wednesday and Lent because she was preaching some nonsense yesterday and I'll read it out to you. So here, here it is, what she said yesterday from February 13th. We are devout people, a people of God, a people of religiosity. That is how we were born and this is how we have grown up. And we are learning to apply true Christianity every day in a revolutionary ideology. There is no hatred, there is no evil, there is hope in the resurrection. Tomorrow is Ash Wednesday. Let's relive the passion of Jesus and resurrection. We know how to recognise the message of the Heavenly Father. Tomorrow, February 14th, love for the homeland, love for Nicaragua, love for families and the home and couples, to all Nicaraguans with love and faith, love and hope, to love is to fight, to love is to grow, to love is to believe, to love is to make it possible every day for the message of Christ to prevail. That is the most powerful message, the most powerful to love our neighbour as ourself. Now that makes absolutely no sense to me, Carmelite. How about you? Well, I'll tell you, I've had difficulty making sense of her speeches for a long time now. But she talks about to love is to fight. And I read this text in Spanish, and she did not use the term luchar, which, um, forgive my terrible Spanish accent, luchar means uh, we're going to, we're involved in a struggle, uh, like we're involved in a struggle to regain our religious freedom, for example. She used the term combatir, combat, uh, to do combat. And you know, there was a Mexican group in 2007, I looked this up, uh, the name of the group was Mana, and they recorded a song called Amar es Combatir, to love is to do battle to fight. And uh, I mean, they even won a Grammy in 2007 for that song. So it was immensely popular. Well, is was Rosario Murillo thinking of that song? Is that why she said to love means doing battle? To love is to fight? Is she trying to say that uh, she's coming up with uh, a new task for those uh, who are faithful to the Sandinista regime, that they need to do battle against their opponents. Let's see how Mar our friend Martha Patricia Molina um, res responded to her speech. Here's what Martha Patricia had to say today. And Martha Patricia is a faithful Catholic. She knows the truth a whole lot more than Rosario Murillo does because she said February 14 marks the beginning of Lent, which it does. A liturgical time of conversion in which Christians must adhere to three spiritual pillars, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. The situation of the Catholic Church in Nicaragua continues to be unfavorable due to the multiple attacks caused by the Sandinista dictatorship. They pretend to have returned to peaceful times as if nothing was happening, but this is not the case. 
The police and members of the feared state security are visiting the priests in their parishes and their parish rectories when they believe that there are no faithful present to witness these sieges. Because the police, Martha Patricia says, arrive once a week to take pictures and videos of everything, even the toilets. Martha Patricia says it isn't known what they're looking for, but the attitude is that they were looking for weapons or bombs, and that several of the priests who have had these visits commented on this to Martha Patricia. The priests are being subjected to extensive interrogation, she says, where they are asked about their sexual preferences, the number of men and women they have, and there are other abusive questions. Also, they're asked to review the parish finances with the police and any other documents the police consider to be of interest, such as titles to real estate. So the presence of citizen power councils, and I'll explain that in a moment, the paramilitary, the plainclothes police at masses, and other activities that take place inside the churches is permanent. That's what Martha Patricia says. Nothing phases them. So I think this is really chilling. Uh, these citizen power councils, in case you didn't know, and for our listeners who don't know, in Nicaragua at the time of the Sandinista Revolution, the citizen power councils were formed. And we've seen these kinds of councils of citizens in so many dictatorships around the world for centuries. And what these citizen power councils do, they are uh, empowered and even obliged to report unfavorable activity, to spy on neighbors and to report their neighbors. They are now spying, surveilling the priests and the religious and they are reporting from mass, taking photos, taking videos during mass, and reporting that to those who are in charge of the citizen power councils. And of course, we know that's the Ministry of the Interior, the state security apparatus. So that is what is chilling to me. What's your reaction, Mom? Yeah, it really is chilling, as Martha Patricia comments especially about um, the, the surveillance during Mass. Um, and she mentioned that nothing phases them, and it really doesn't. It seems it just keeps going. So there's no doubt that all of this is an interrogation, Carmelite. Do you have anything else to add? Well, I would say it all goes to demonstrate the urgency of the situation the urgency of the need for free Catholics around the world, like you and I, to pray for our sisters and brothers in Nicaragua who are not free to practice their faith, who are not free in their attendance at Mass, who are not free to have processions during Lent 
or any time during the year. So I think it goes to demonstrate that urgency that we have to advocate. And honestly, we have to be uh, frank about this. We need to be urgent in our prayer. So as we do every evening, every episode, um, we record these at evening, by the way, listeners, the question is, what are we going to do about praying, increasing our prayer during Lent? So why don't we pray now, Mom, and, and lead our listeners in prayer for Nicaragua? I agree. Thank you, Carmelie. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ in the persecuted church in Nicaragua. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you with heavy hearts, seeking your grace and mercy for our brothers and sisters in Nicaragua. Lord, look upon your church, which faces persecution and fear. Grant strength to the clergy, courage to the faithful, and protection to those who are vulnerable. Maria Parisima, Maria de Nicaragua, wrap your mantle around Church in Nicaragua, embrace its people with your love, console the afflicted, and intercede for those who suffer. Guide the leaders to seek justice and inspire compassion in the hearts of all. Saint Michael, the Archangel, defender of the faith, guard and protect the church against the forces of oppression. May the light of Christ illuminate the darkness of fear and may the Holy Spirit inspire unity, peace and freedom. We place our trust in you, Lord, confident that your love will guide Nicaragua to a future filled with justice, compassion and faith. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in the day of battle. Be our safeguard against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And to thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who wander the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, Rosary Mum. I love when you lead us in prayer. And listeners, as we conclude this episode, we invite you to share this episode with your friends, your church, your followers in social media, and let's shed light on what's happening in Nicaragua, let's shed light on the impact of fear 
on religious freedom there. And we also, listeners, have exciting news. Free the Bishops is now available on Apple Podcasts, expanding our reach. So make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, albeit Apple, Amazon, Audible, Google, iHeart, and of course on Spotify, where we produce this podcast. That's right. We appreciate your support, everyone. And a big thanks you to all of our listeners. So, Rosary Mom, any final words? Yes, Carmelie. A huge thank you to our listeners for joining us once again today. Until next time, peace be with you all. God bless everyone. God bless. Thank you.